Several years ago on Halloween, I was in a fourth grade public school classroom where the children were dressed up. Matthew and Eric stand out in my memory. Matthew was dressed as Moses. He had on a white wig and beard, wore his father's brown robe, a rope belt, and sandals. His parents had helped him carefully cut out cardboard tablets that looked like stone and had the Ten Commandments written on them. I thought, what a great costume. Not only was it homemade, it also gave Matthew an opportunity to share God's word with his classmates and teacher in a public school setting. On the other extreme was Eric, who was dressed as Jason from the movie Friday the 13th. His costume was white. His arms were wrapped in white bandages, and he had fake blood smeared across his entire body. Matthew's costume was very appropriate and in good taste. Eric's was inappropriate. I personally see nothing wrong with allowing children to dress up and go trick-or-treating with parental supervision. There's nothing morally or spiritually wrong with wearing costumes and receiving treats that are willingly given. But costumes should be appropriate and Christ-pleasing. Halloween can also offer Christians opportunities to share Christ with children and their parents. Join us today as I interview Aaron Smalley of Focus on the Family. We'll talk about Halloween and today's families. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. My guest today, Aaron Smalley, serves as the program manager for Focus on the Family on the Family's Marriage Ministry and develops content for the marriage department. She's also a conference speaker, author, and mother. Thanks, Erin, for being my guest today as we talk about Halloween. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to, to be with you, Kay. All right. Now, you and your husband have four children. Tell us about your family. Yes, we have four children. Greg and I have been married for 23 years. We actually have quite the age range, ranging 21, 18, 14, so two girls and a boy. And then we adopted our last daughter from China, and so we have an eight-year-old. So we have oh. second grade, eighth grade, senior in high school, and a college graduate. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Keeps you lit busy, right? I call it my beautiful chaos. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Well, thanks so much for being my guest today. I wanted to do a program on Halloween and today's families. Uh, you know, Erin, that many Christian parents are confused about what they should do related to Halloween. Should they allow their children to go trick-or-treating? Should they allow them to dress up? Is it wrong? And you kind of know my philosophy from from the beginning comments that I made. But uh, what uh, what do you do in your family related to Halloween? You know, it is such a controversial topic, and we actually have dealt with this from the time that we had a three-month-old daughter when we were in graduate school, when Greg was in graduate school working toward his doctorate, there were some strong opinions back then, and we we were, we, you know, didn't know where we stood, so we started really researching, and it was helpful to really look at the origins of Halloween, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you look at it, it was originally um, an ancient Celtic festival called Samhain. And it marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter. 
And then, you know, you look further on in the 7th century, it was called All Saints Day. And I couldn't remember that growing up. And it, it was November 1st. It was a day to honor the saints and the martyrs. And so really, we landed at that we were going to choose how we were going to celebrate Halloween. You know, we had a choice if we were going to celebrate, you know, if it was going to, if we were going to view it as this satanic, you know, dark holiday, or were we going to view it truly that we're celebrating Christ's victory over Satan? Mm. And that's what we chose mm-hmm. to look at Halloween as. Absolutely. And October 31st is also uh, the Reformation, which is helping people, uh, Christians especially, understand they're saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ. So there is strong opinion on both sides. Uh, We use a term, uh, adiaphora, which means if the Bible doesn't say yes or no, then it's up to you to make a decision about what you do with this. And uh, our family, too, and even our ministry encourages parents to do exactly what you did, research it. But just because something in the past was wrong doesn't make the dressing up. There's nothing sinful about allowing a child to dress up in an appropriate costume. But again, we, we don't tell parents what to do, but we do like to educate them. So today we're going to talk about some of these issues for listeners that might be in the same situation you were in when you had that baby and uh, talk Mm -hmm. about some of the issues related to that. Do you allow your children or you have an eight-year-old, so I guess they're still in the, and a 14-year-old maybe. Sometimes we Mm -hmm. we don't know when to stop (laughs) allowing them to dress up depending on how big they are. But uh, what do you allow your children to go trick-or-treating with them uh, in your neighborhood to friends or what do you do? Yes, we actually do. It's it's interesting because my Husband's parents, um, Gary Smalley and his wife Norma, my in-laws, um, they she always had such a love for you know just making this a celebration of family coming together and you know we'd have chili and so I mm. take in that tradition and we have families over, family friends over and we have dinner together. We make several soups and chilies and. We eat and we talk and we fellowship and then we all go out together uh-huh. within our neighborhood and the kids do trick or treat. And I just like last year I read some very interesting different just takes on Halloween and I loved what I read because really you think about it, Jesus, you know, how would Jesus act on Halloween? What would he choose to do? And I loved what what the the stance was in this article, it really talked about, you know, that we can use this opportunity. It's a it's a time that we can reach out to our neighbors, mm-hmm. that we can, you know, outgive our neighbors, that we can help them to see Jesus through our behavior and through how we're loving each other and loving our neighbors. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've written a book, Witnessing a Lifestyle, and one of the segments is Mm -hmm. on holidays. And I have something on Halloween with some suggestions for people uh, as they come to your door, you know, and and just, but I think the first step, at least for my kids are older, so I'm celebrating with grandchildren this year. Mm -hmm. But the first step often in your own neighborhood is just getting acquainted with them. In our little circle subdivision, Halloween was the time where we met neighbors for the very first time that didn't live right next to us. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's a great opportunity 
to just get acquainted because parents should be walking along with those little ones. I, I definitely, safety issues is something we want to talk about. You know, you mentioned Chile, and it was funny because since I was getting ready to do this program, I was in Florida uh, on, on a trip, and I was with a whole bunch of uh, Christians, and I was just asking everybody that had children or grandchildren what they do, and I found out Chile must be a tradition for Halloween. I never knew that. Uh, <laughs> you said chili, yeah. and I thought yeah, it makes sense because you're coming back. It's something simple. You can have it done and in the crock pot. Um, mm-hmm. It was news mm-hmm. to me. We have the cornbread, and we always make a fun dessert. And, you know, it's just a fun family time. And I think that's the key is to really, you know, if you're struggling through this issue, do some research. You know, really look at where where are you going to stand on this? And, you know, there's there's no right or wrong answer. But for us, you know, just really looking at that we want to celebrate Christ's victory. Mm-hmm. And we want to create something that's positive for our kids. And that's how we've trained our kids to view this. It's a fun time that we do get together for chili and with families. And then we go out and get candy. And we also, you know, meet our neighbors and we engage in the culture in our own neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good. Now, um, do you uh, have some restrictions about what they wear as their costume? Yes, we do. You know, we don't think it's, you know, I, I was laughing as you were talking about the little boy and the, the is it, was it Jason or Chucky mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, just the, some of those costumes are really scary. And I know, especially for my eight-year-old daughter, these are nightmares. I mean, mm-hmm. that's scary. And it is more on the dark side. So we try to keep it lighthearted. And um, I know that uh, my mother-in-law always told a story that my sister-in-law, who's older than I am now and has three children, one year she wanted to dress up as a witch. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was just dumbfounded because she was like, I don't know what to do. But what she did is she took that and she created a costume that, you know, technically was, you know, a witch, but it was a kind witch, and it was a, mm. you know, it had positive implications. And so, you know, because she didn't want her daughter to feel like she was wanting something wrong or doing something wrong or punishing her, but so she took it and she morphed it into something positive, which I had always admired. None of my kids have ever asked to dress up as a witch or a ghost or, you know, something, you know, more on the dark side, and so we have just kept it fun this year, my eight-year-old is going to be, she had an Egyptian day last year at school, so she has a great Egyptian costume. Mm. So she pulled that out, and she wants to wear that. My son, typically, he will dress in something as, you know, a, a professional athlete or, a, you know, some sort of basketball player, something like that. And then my husband and I always dress up, too. We've been uh, referees. Oh, fun. And, you know, we just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought up scary, and I wanted to bring that up because a few years ago I went uh, to Texas to visit my uh, daughter and and went trick-or-treating with our three grandchildren. Uh, My little youngest one at the time, Luke, was only about four, and uh, the first house, it was still light outside. He held up his little um, uh, bag and said, Grandma, look, candy, but... By the end of the evening, it had gotten dark. We had gone to a lot of houses that had scary things on it. And he's walking down the sidewalk next to me saying, I had Halloween, I had Halloween. And I'm like, Corinne, what is he saying? And she said, he's saying, I hate Halloween, I hate Halloween. Not because he didn't like the candy. 
he was afraid of many of the things people had out. So, you know, let's just talk a minute about, and you just brought that up, that young children can be scared by some of these gory things that are out there. And we don't want to scare our very young children. So maybe just let our listeners know if you think every child that's coming to your door is going to love the scary things they may not. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about what we do with a child that is afraid? You know, of course, as always, when a child is fearful or afraid, you know, there's always an opportunity there to comfort them and to assure them that, you know, that that is not real, that, you know, that's a costume, that there's someone underneath that costume. However, it's also an opportunity to redirect their attention. And, you know, you think about a pumpkin. You know, we carved our pumpkins on Sunday this year. And I love, I, someone, an older lady had, had told me about really taking a pumpkin and looking at it as you're carving it and talking to your child about, you know, that as you carve their eyes, that, you know, it's an opportunity to teach them to keep their eyes on Jesus, mm. their ears, you know, to use it to listen to God, the mouth of the pumpkin, just speak the words of God. You know, the pumpkin candle, that we are, Jesus is the light, that we are His light in a dark world. And so we can, you know, redirect their attention from this scary costume, maybe to a pumpkin that's sitting on the porch, you know, but to assure them that they're safe, that this is a costume. I mean, my girls, when they were young, they were afraid to go to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese to the, the pizza place because Chuck E. would come out in his oh, costume, sure. you know, or Disney World, you know, that they were afraid of the characters. And so it's a, it was constantly assuring them that is not real. There is a human being, a person underneath there. And, you know, just to focus on that or just to redirect their attention, you know, and the pumpkin is usually on, a pumpkin is usually on the porch of most homes. So a great yeah. opportunity to use it as a teachable moment. I love that. I love that. And I think I've seen this, too, where people have cut out a cross in the pumpkin or, mm-hmm. a fa- you know, something that's not scary and put that candle in. But I love your idea about talking about the different, uh, the eyes, the mouth, and the candle and focusing again on Christ who has won the victory. I love that. Let me uh, make a few announcements and then we'll come back and continue talking to Aaron Smalley about Halloween and today's families. Family Shield airs its weekly radio program on 52 uh, radio stations throughout the United States. And we also have an archive page where you can hear our programs on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. We also give away a complimentary booklet or resource each week. This week, we're giving away Parenting with Purpose. To receive the booklet at no charge, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or you can email us at witness2family at gmail.com. That's witness2family at gmail.com. Family Shield has just 22 days left to raise the money we need from the We Raise crowdfunding project that will help us with funds needed to pay for the radio program and improve our follow-up services. To view the video or learn more, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Then go to the lower left-hand side and you'll see the live uh, note, and you can view the three-minute video and 
project details. Even if you can't give, we encourage your prayers for this project. It's very important to us, and we only have 22 days left. So thank you for praying for us and supporting us as the Lord leads. Uh, I want to go back to my guest, Aaron Smalley. We're talking about Halloween. There are so many different topics and issues to deal with. We were just talking about pumpkins, and that's really a way to share the love of Jesus Christ just the light of Christ in that pumpkin. What great uh, thoughts you had about the eyes, mouth, and, and and other things, and talking to the children about that. Anything else related to that, Erin? You know, you can even take Scripture, and maybe it's a time that you, you help them to memorize the Scripture. You know, John eight twelve says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in the darkness because you will have the light that leads to light. And again, you can take it back to the pumpkin. You can take it back to as you're walking from house to house that you might have a flashlight. I mean, it's just all opportunities to use Halloween as a teachable moment to reinforce that Jesus is the light, that he has defeated Satan, and that he has victory, and that we are his light in a dark world. And so it's just such a great time to reframe the negativity and, you know, the, the darkness that is often associated with this, this holiday. I love those. And I just thought of something I'd never thought of before, prayer walking. As you walk with your children, mm-hmm. you can be praying for those families and opportunities maybe to build a relationship with them. Well, um, one more thing before we transition to another part of Halloween. Uh, what about safety issues? with the children as they're walking. I already said I think parents should be with them, but there are other safety issues. Any other thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Safety is, you know, the first and foremost priority. And, you know, having a flashlight, maybe even having a reflective vest or something on your child, you know, keeping them on the sidewalk, you know, checking through their candy prior to allowing them to eat it because, I know even here in Colorado, as we have some laws that have been passed, you know, with, you know, marijuana, and, you know, I definitely will be checking my kids' candy because there is candy that has, you know, the marijuana in it, and it's not regulated. So it's important to check through the candy prior to allowing your child to indulge. And, you know, indulge means something different for um, each (laughs) of our families. So I I went to the dentist this morning, and, of course, they've got the buyback program. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what a great idea to, you know, if they they have gotten a lot of candy, what a great idea to to take advantage of opportunities like that to, you know, either donate candy or allow your dentist to buy it back. That's neat. That's neat. All right. Well, good. I'm sure we'll get back to that. But I was also thinking about the congregations. Uh, Some of them and this is a fairly new thing in the last few years, have trunk-or-treat events. Have you participated in those? And let's just talk a little bit about uh, what that is and why congregations can do activities like that that give them an opportunity to promote their event in the community and maybe draw some of the families that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's a great idea. We have attended several of those in the past, and I'm guessing we will go to one on Saturday this, this year. And it is, it's a great idea to, 
you know, gather maybe some neighbor kids with their parents if they want to come and to take them to your church, you know, just helping them to feel comfortable there is a, is a key. You know, once they enter the building, if they're greeted and they are, you know, they feel like it's a, it's a positive place, you, you know, it gives them a higher chance of coming back at some point. Sure. So, you know, just creating a positive environment for them and an outreach environment is, is key. You think about Christ ate dinner with tax collectors and prostitutes. And so I often, as Christians, we want to look at a harvest or harvest festival or a trunk or treat as, you know, this is how we're going to shield our children or, you know, keep us away from, you know, Halloween. But really, it is an opportunity to reach out and, and to love our neighbor. And we're called to that. We're called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So, you know, reach out and, and bring those kids in, bring the neighbors in to those those activities, and better yet, then bring them home to your house and invite them in for, you know, a meal or set up a table mm. in your driveway for hot chocolate. Oh, you know, great, great idea. Way just love to, that. to love, yeah. to reach out. Absolutely. Well, this year, uh, our son-in-law and daughter and three grandchildren have moved back to St. Louis because our son-in-law is at Concordia Seminary. So my husband and I are just so excited to be able to spend uh, Halloween with our entire family. And we're going to have some chili after uh, they go trick-or-treating, but we're just so looking forward to it because it's not something we've been able to do in the past now, uh, let's talk a minute about other opportunities for witnessing beyond our family as we uh, as we celebrate Halloween. I'm sure you have some suggestions. You've already shared some, especially as we go first into the home. I loved what you said about the pumpkins and making sure that our children know that Christ has won the victory. But uh, other thoughts about witnessing through the holiday of Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, we can also teach our children that this is a time that we can outgive our neighbors, that we can give to others. And, you know, maybe it is, you know, helping or having them save money throughout the year and use their, um, their, their own money to buy, you know, the bigger candy bars to give out. And maybe oh. on the bigger candy bar, write a note you know, of some sort, you know, Jesus loves you, or, you know, he is the light of the world. I mean, you just, there's just a million ways that we can spread the gospel during this time. Mm. You know, I, I know that some churches will provide materials to hand out. If you have that, don't just give them the material. Give them candy to go with it, you know, tied to something mm-hmm. that shows, I'm sacrificing to give you something because we love you and we want you to see, you know, that we are serving a big God, that we're serving a, a greater purpose in this in this life, and that we're, you know, we are the type of Christians that are going to, to serve one another. And really, you think about as we love one another, what's the evidence of that? And often it's sacrificing, mm-hmm. sacrificing our time, sacrificing our means, sacrificing our money. And, you know, it, what a great opportunity Halloween is is an amazing opportunity to do that. You bet. And I know there are some places that will have little uh, Halloween bags that have a Christian message on it that you can put little pieces of candy in. Uh, And and so that's another thing you can do is hand the candy out in a a little 
paper bag that has a Christian message on it. But a, you you made a good point. Make sure you give the if you're giving out tracks or little booklets, add some candy to it because mm-hmm. there's not uh, children <laughs> wouldn't like it if you gave them a booklet and no candy, uh, but it, or maybe some pennies because uh, as you said sometimes. I remember my grandson dumping all that candy when I saw him a few years ago, <laughs> and his mom was like, oh, no. <laughs> he wanted candy for <laughs> breakfast the next morning. <laughs> it's very hard <laughs> when well, they're little. Add milk on top of the candy. Is that <laughs> breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, what other thoughts do you have related to uh, Halloween and today's families? Yeah, you know what? Just another another thing is so often in the the busyness of our day to day, day in and day out lives. This is a day that we can be with our family, be with our kids. You know, take the time to talk to them, teach them. You know what your where your stand is on Halloween. Give them the greater meaning of Halloween, and then spend time with them going out trick or treating. Use this as an opportunity not only to reach out to others, but to build into your own family. Again and again, there's opportunities that we have in each and every day to to build our relationships with those that we love most. And often, unfortunately, we're drawn into so many other things, you know, work and, you know, friendships, and, you know, our attentions are, are drawn away from our kids. Let this be a time that it's just a special family event and that we can really enjoy each other and, and really use it to teach, you know, about giving, about reaching out, and about, you know, testifying to who we believe in. That is great. Uh, thank you so much, Erin Smalley. I forgot to me- I you, I mentioned at the beginning you're with Focus on the Family. Focus on the Family has so many wonderful resources, and I want to encourage uh, our listeners to check out uh, their website and tell me what that is, Erin. I, I should know it. Focusonthefamily.com. And they also, if you're struggling in any area of your relationship, you know, whether it's parenting, marriage, you just have a question maybe about Halloween, we have a 1 800 number that you can call 1 800, the letter A, and then family, F A M I L Y. And you will get set up to talk to a Christian, a licensed Christian counselor. Wonderful. And so it's a great resource that we have lots of resources on the web. And, you know, with safety and, you know, the views of Halloween and on and on. So lots of great resources here at Focus on the Family. Wonderful. Again, my guest has been Erin Smalley, and she uh, works in the program management of marriage ministry. So I'll have to have you back to to talk about uh, strengthening marriages and uh, what your programs are for that. Our time is just about up. I want to mention again that we're giving away Parenting with Purpose, and you can call our response center, one 8416 or you can just email us directly and ask for that booklet at witness2family at gmail.com. I also want to highlight again, we are doing a We Raise crowdfunding project. Uh, there's a limited number of days, and we have 22 days left. We would love for your prayers and financial support to make that a reality. It helps us with our radio outreach. Again, uh, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield, www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. 
to learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.